Test, test, one, two, three. You know who I be. It's your boy, Don Wall, a.k.a. Moral SP. Welcome to another episode of Embrace Matters of Race podcast. I'm here with the homie Carl. We are the dynamic duo, and we also have the wonderful Gabriella Santana joining us. Um, we are raw today, y'all. Um, I've decided before we got to this point, I don't know what Carl is going to cut, but I have decided that the name of this episode is my trauma is trending. And the reason being is because that's actually like a phrase, y'all, that started this podcast, started the journey. Um, but before we get into diving deep into that journey, uh, I do want to give a special super duper shout out to the Black History Museum of Virginia, which is located on 122 West Lee Street. It is open Wednesday through Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Adults get in for $10. Kids get in for 6 Their plug reads, Welcome to the gateway to the rich history, heritage, and accomplishments of African Americans in Virginia. The Black History Museum's collection includes art, artifacts, textiles, photographs, rare books, music, and other items. The museum also hosts traveling exhibitions, literary talks, and special events throughout the year. Located in the historic Jackson Ward neighborhood. Shout out Jackson Ward. The museum is housed in the Lee Street Armory. So please be sure to go check out the Black History Museum of Virginia. That sounds like a great place to go on a a wonderful Saturday morning. Get some breakfast, some early breakfast. Ooh, Gabriella Smell. (laughs) Get some early breakfast and go to the museum. Yeah, Richmond's got some great brunches. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. But um, so we're here on the journey. You know, we started season two with a bang, y'all. Full steam ahead. We dropped two episodes. Uh, we are we are back in the mix. But we thought it would be great to kind of slow down for a second just to kind of reiterate what's important and kind of go over uh, how we got started, why we got started. We want to make sure those things are known and before us so that we don't lose our way. Um, So this is kind of like the pump the brakes episode. And um, I'm going to say, first off, one of the biggest things and I'm kind of saying this to Gabriella because um, she is new to this season. um, But one of the biggest things that really impacted me is that phrase of my trauma is trending Um, in 2020. Um when the uproar happened, uh, social media was just drowning in, you know, Black Lives Matter is trending. Um, These police brutalities are trending. There were so many, it seemed, it felt like there was a new video every day on social media. And, you know, these things were trending. You know, and when we talk about things that are trending, we, you know, uh, music albums are trending. Uh, Celebrities getting married is trending. Movies and movie announcements, uh, you know, who's who's in the cast of the next Marvel movie is trending. Mm. But I thought to myself, never should a man dying be trending or never should things that have haunted black people for generations that should never be something that's popular 
and I felt as if people were treating it as such. And now you don't really hear too much talk about it. And it proves my point. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm glad we're turning back to look at these things that, you know, um, a friend of mine once said, hey, these things aren't going away. <laughs> these feelings aren't going away. Uh, the way we felt in 2020 wasn't because of an election coming up. This is this is our life. And these are real feelings and, and things that we deal with on a daily basis and other people, too. Everybody, we all deal with this. And it's a problem that if we don't fix, it will continue to repeat itself every single time something like this happens. Uh, so every time um, an unarmed black man is murdered or every time something else happens or something else is found, uh, it will again go trending. So, we're, you know, we're here to try to change those things. Uh, and that's that's how that's how this podcast came to be. I hit Carl up and he was like, let's do it. And, you know, the rest is history. <laughs> yes, yeah, those are something. definitely my words. Hey, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. I don't know. Why, how, what I guess, what was your feelings, Carl? Like, you know, 2020 was crazy. What was those beginning feelings of like, okay, we got to do this? Um, I felt compelled. And I don't think I had ever been invited to have this conversation or have, well, yeah, this conversation and the one we're having, the 20 or so episodes that we've uh, had are not just multiple conversations. I think it's just an ongoing conversation. And mm -hmm. it it's, it's inviting me to participate and it's inviting me or giving me permission to have a voice where I never felt like I had one before. I remained quiet or um, timid or fearful or... Uh, I just didn't know what to say. And I feel like that in a lot of aspects of my life. Uh, but especially when it comes to my identity. And I, um, we talked about it last year. I, I struggled to feel like I was qualified to be called a black man. Um, and for so many reasons. And, you know, I think you and... Kelly Jane and Jay and now Gabriella, I, I feel confident that I can call myself a black man. Um, and it's, it's helpful. Um, so it's, it's me learning about myself, learning about my culture, learning about uh, my friends, my family, my brothers and sisters and other siblings across the world um, who go through this struggle and it helps me acknowledge my privilege. It helps me acknowledge mm -hmm. my, my biases. And I feel like it was essential for me to share that so that other people can confront those things or start to identify or feel empowered on their own. Yeah. I, feel that. I think it, I can, I think it contributes to the, the healing, um, which was the, the theme that you brought to me so long ago. Yeah. And I hope we're, <laughs> I hope we're doing that. Uh, if you're listening, I hope, you know, if, if that's definitely, if you've been listening since, you know, the beginning or, you know, for a while now, hopefully, you know, God has blessed you with some type of healing from our words. Uh, you know, clearly we, we are just humans as well. We make mistakes. We don't know everything. 
we're not experts on anything. We're just, you know, determined individuals who felt like, hey, we can't just sit by and do nothing and say nothing. We have to utilize our voice to help people. Um, so we hope that it's helpful. Um, but Gabriella, um, I don't think our audience knows your background or just even your mindset of, you know, where, where was Gabriella's mindset in 2020 when mm -hmm. all these things were happening that summer? Yeah. So I was a student, um, in my senior year of college. And I think for a long time in my life, very similar to Carl, I, I had difficulty even like understanding my identity, let alone identifying um, with any one group or race or ethnicity, it was just kind of, I was going through, um, emotions of who I was, I think. And then when 2020 happened, it kind of uprooted a lot of pain that I didn't know I was carrying. Mm. Um, and so I think even when you were talking about just being really raw and vulnerable, like I... I remember like feeling so vulnerable and like a little kid when I saw the video of George Floyd, um, because it's not like I didn't know these things happened. Like there is, there's a whole lineage of that. I was aware, like my mom, my brothers, um, yeah. also something about me is that my, my mom is black. My, my two brothers, are black. I am, they're my half siblings. So I'm half Puerto Rican, half black. So mm -hmm. I take on a very different um, appearance than my, my other part of my family. And so, you know, I'd grown up around the kitchen table hearing about how my brother got pulled over by the police and harassed and, you know, all of these things that started flooding back into my mind. And I remember just being good thinking about trauma thinking about how the trauma that my brothers experienced in a, some sense was trending or like other people have experienced or George Floyd experienced and died from. Um, I think for me, it felt like this very, like, can I even touch this? Is this mine? Because of my, my struggle with my identity, but also like this feels really painful and it feels mm -hmm. like something that my, my white friends or people in the world that aren't people of color to, are not experiencing the same level and depths. And so mm. I had to do a lot of, I guess, soul searching as cliche as that sounds to understand like, how do you, this trauma is real mm. and how do you even begin to work through it? And it's through having conversations about it and acknowledging for so long, we weren't acknowledging it. Mm. And like, just like, all of these very physical incidents of cruelty and abuses of power and people's blood on other people's hands was happening in the physical. It all felt so like not real to the world. Like it wasn't acknowledged until, mm -hmm. you know, 2020. And then everything gets pulled up to the surface. It's like, it's not like this fake thing. And then everyone's asking, how did I not see this? How did I not recognize this? Um, and I think even for myself, I had to, I had to reckon 
or I had to reason with myself, why was I not almost being complicit and not seeing it because I felt like it was so normal, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where I was in 2020. And I think it's just still a process and that's why I'm, I'm happy to be with the two of you and, mm-hmm. and having these conversations and not being afraid to like be real and honest and um, yeah. talk to people about, you know, what needs to be discussed. Yeah, we're glad to have you, Gabrielle. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I, I do want to also um, moving, moving, t- taking a side sidestep, sidestep from this conversation, uh, and tell the view, viewers, um, you know, we, the three of us, we all go to church together. Um, I don't know if I've actually said that um, ever, but we do. We go to the same church here in Richmond. Um, and if you want to come, you can always come out to the Greater Richmond Church of Christ. Um, look us up on the internet. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, you know, our journey to help people and 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 help heal people has been very focused on God and what God can do for us. And that if we're having problems and disunity with race or anything like that, the only thing I feel like will bring us together. The only thing that we feel like would bring us together is God. Uh, if we are, if we live the way he wants us to live, we wouldn't have these issues and we'd see tremendous healing. I'd put that on my life. We'd see healing in the city, in this country, in this world. If we only would live the way God wants us to, the way the scriptures lay out. And the scripture that we built this podcast off is, and you've heard this a million times, if you are a listener, you have been listening, you have heard Philippians 2, 4, that says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or empty pride, but in humility, consider others more important than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And this passage teaches us that, man, this is the mindset that Christ had. Um, He thought of others before himself. He put other people's needs above himself. And if we are to, to start to heal or heal others, we, we, have to, we have to take that mindset. We cannot heal others. We cannot help. We cannot be an ally if we are not willing to put others above ourselves, others' needs, other people's trauma. You know, when we talk about trauma and black trauma, we, we realize that everybody's walking around here with trauma. <laughs> I mean, everybody got something going on, but if we are people that's trying to put the world back together, we have to realize that we have to come from a selfless standpoint, a selfless mindset. Mm -hmm. Um, So real question time, y'all There's a real question. Have we been living up to that passage Mm. as a podcast? I hope I hope so. <laughs> I hope I hope please. Can we can we be objective? 
Um, <laughs> I I think we have. I think we've been yeah. trying to. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like you know a, something. What's the saying? It's something's only as good as the sum of its parts. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I I would I would put the question more towards as individuals contributing to this podcast have we lived up to this passage um and then as a whole i guess that embodies that i mean for for me being a part of this podcast for what three episodes now yeah you own three episodes i'm rolling in i feel i come to the the table with as much humility as possible because i do not know everything um at all um and i think the important part about about telling and sharing other people's stories is to not look into our own interest um i i think too <laughs> i keep going off but uh, there's scripture in first john um four is just talking about how god is love um i think kind of tying back into what you were just saying if we try to embody that God is love. This is what we're trying to um, share with the world too, to help put it back together. Um, then we will kind of follow this passage as well. Like if we're doing things out of love, we're not going to have selfish ambition. We're not going to be prideful. Um, and we're not going to have our interest in mind. We'll have other people's interests in mind. And that's what Christ would do. So I think that we do a pretty good job at doing that. Um, and yeah, that's my two cents. Word, yeah. Another passage. Uh, oh, you go ahead, Carl. I'm, uh, I'm just reflecting, and I hate reflecting on myself. And so I'm going to defer uh, even further to see what the fruit of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, make feedback from our audience, you know, how are they being impacted? How, how have they been compelled to change? Is it us or is it the word or God that's helping them? Um, I think that's the, the lagging indicator for me is, is, is that it's like, who are we looking out for? Whose interests are we looking out for? And, and and are they benefiting from that? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I have to do this because it's on my heart, but go for it. Um, I naturally am negative when it comes to myself. So I have to say those things, but also have to be truthful about what I see that are good things. Mm-hmm. And that's being, that's being humble. Like that's being fair. Like, Hey, these are the good, but Dominic, there's also some, some good things. There's there's bad thing the things you aren't doing, but there's also things you are, um, and I have to be sober minded like that about myself. But um, in Romans fifteen um, one and two, it says, "We who are strong ought to bear with the shortcomings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up." And I feel like. There's a lot of times I don't want to bear with the shortcomings of other people. But I have 
and I've persevered in certain areas to do so. There's a lot of, listen, y'all, we know these conversations are not easy to have. They're not. And to be honest with you, I would not like to have them. Mm-hmm. And to be brutally honest, sometimes I don't feel like I should because the the evidence is deadly around us. The evidence is in the history books. The evidence is in Google searches. The evidence is the the black and brown people that's walking around you. Mm-hmm. The evidence is all around you. It's staring at you in the face. So what is there to explain or talk about? That's how I feel. But that is not what this passage teaches me. Mm. This passage teaches me that I should bear with the shortcomings of the weak for their benefit, not my own. So a lot of times I have these conversations, not for myself, not for my own healing. I have these conversations for other people's healing or other people's understanding, or hopefully I can encourage them to continue in the journey of learning more about people that don't look like them. It doesn't always have to be black and white, but just anybody that don't understand their neighbor for whatever reason. I would love to be a a, a tool to help those people. So I have to submit to these uh, passages here. Um, When I think about, uh, you know, the, um, the shout outs uh, that we do, you know, we don't, we don't get any pay. I know if you're listening and you've never met us or anything like that, you don't know us personally. We do not get paid for that. Like we, we're not sponsored by any of these restaurants and a lot of them don't know that we do this. We just do it. We find a business and we just shout them out. Here's the information. Hopefully they get some, some play from it. Um, but you know, that's, that has, that doesn't benefit us positively in any type of way. Um, also, we're not getting paid to podcast. <laughs> uh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Speak it. Talk about it. Um, I am a school teacher. Um, <laughs> and, yep. um, you know, Carl is Carl. I am an intern. <laughs> Gabrielle is an intern. Yes. Um, we are by no means benefiting from this at all. Um so on one hand, I have to say, yes, we are on the right track. Now, have we fully seven times 77 these passages? No. Hmm. Um, but we that just means we have a lot more work to do. So that makes me happy and hopeful. Yeah. And I, I think, too, I'll just add on really quickly. Thinking about this passage and just how, like, prevalent it's it has been to that process of healing from trauma like because like you said like I did not I did not feel like talking to somebody about this mess that I knew was there and the shortcomings of the weak sometimes felt like the shortcomings of the ignorant it felt like mm-hmm. they're just I, I was just almost baffled and dumbfounded mm-hmm. at how people didn't know but mm-hmm. there in that sense there was still a lot for me to learn like you said there's nowhere you can go in America where you cannot see the land, the like the landscape of, of racism and white supremacy somewhere. 
there's nowhere you can go where you don't see the legacy. So mm-hmm. I think too, a part of that is like walking with our brothers and sisters. And sometimes it can feel like we're holding their hand. Sometimes it can feel like, you know, we're getting dragged through the mud again to revisit yeah. things, but we're not going to heal if no one's willing to take that step in the mud. Like it's, just, it's just not gonna, we can't do it on our own. Um, people can't do it on their own um, as much as we sometimes our pride and our ego wants them to. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So again, what are we here to do? What are we here to do? Y'all that are listening we are here to teach as many as possible to bear with the shortcomings of their neighbors, whether it be in their culture, whether it be in their lifestyle, in their anything. Maybe it's not even a weakness, but to you it is. We're here to teach you how to bear with those things. And this may actually y'all deserve its own episode, but I would love for us to touch on some of the practical things that people can start doing now. Um, Some of the practical things about being an ally or even, I guess, creating a space for these conversations. I think that's probably the first thing that needs to happen. What do you think, Gabriella? I agree. I, th- I think it definitely needs to happen. What do you think, Carl? Oh, absolutely. Safe spaces for real. So let's see. So yeah, if you're listening, uh, get your pens and paper papers out and write down number one, creating a safe place for traumatic and or racial conversations. I paused so you could write it down. So understand this. Creating a safe space is an action. It's not a word. You need to start with curiosity. Right? There has to be some things that you're curious about. There has to be. There's no way in the world every single black person you talk to seems to have an opposing view. Sometimes you may not because everybody's every black person's experience is different. But there has to be some type of curiosity like that. You have to be curious about something. And then allow that curiosity to bring about some sort of empathy and humility. You have to know that you don't know everything. And you have to know that there are a lot of people that are walking around here hurting. And because they're hurting, they don't know how to express the things that you would like to know. So you have to be patient. You have to be humble. And you have to be transparent. There can't be ulterior motives. You can't want to have these conversations so you can prove people wrong or right. It has to be about healing and connection. I want to know you, neighbor, because we live here together. We work here together. 
We coexist. We go to the same McDonald's. I want to know you. Because knowing you may change something in me. May help me grow in some type of way. You should also start these conversations with a little bit of vulnerability. Maybe you need to give up something as far as information. Like maybe you need to talk about how you don't know everything. Maybe talk about your background a little bit. Hey, I grew up here. There was a whole lot of black people here. There wasn't that very many, there weren't many, many white people here or the opposite. Maybe you need to be vulnerable a little bit. We're talking about creating a safe space. And what you need is curiosity, empathy, humility, transparency, and vulnerability. The name of the game, y'all, is patience and tolerance. You have to be able to tolerate, just to listen, just listen. Even if you hear something that you don't want to hear, just listen. We know that sometimes it's hard to sit across from someone whose views are different. We know that. That's why we created this podcast. That's why I bought this microphone. Because <laughs> it's hard to sit across from someone whose views are different. Oh, snap. They don't mm-hmm. think like I do. They yeah. actually have the opposite view as me. We got to trust God in those times, y'all. Mm-hmm. I say, you know what I say? The person that has the opposite view from you should be your best friend by the end of the year. Well, by the end of the next year, because it's it's almost November. It's, it's almost the end of the year now. So I'm going to give you some more time. I'm a, yeah, in the calendar year. You listen, a year from today, the person that has the opposite view from you could be your, your best friend. Mm-hmm. They could yeah. be. I think to chime in real quick, it takes it takes courage. One of my favorite quotes by Brene Brown, love that woman, is mm-hmm. is that to get to to get to courage, you have to walk through vulnerability. You know, you have to be vulnerable, and that will be help you build courageous relationships with people that you would never even want to talk to or associate with. You know, like to to be open or to want people to be open with you you have to be open with them in return. Right. Right, right. So, right. So in creating a safe space for people, y'all, you, you have to want to hear the other person. You have to want to understand like that. The reason of, for creating these safe spaces to have these conversations is because you want to hear and understand the other person's point of view and the opposite side. Like they, they might be opposite. They want that as well. You have to also know that they want to be understood and heard. Speaking as a black man, when I'm speaking about these things, I want to be heard and understood. My, I'm not trying to offend anybody when I speak. But at the same time, I can't forfeit my history to make you feel comfortable. Let me say that again. I can't falsify, forfeit, fake any of my history to make you feel comfortable. 
because that continues to put me in the seat of trauma. And my trauma in this country, unfortunately, trends. And I don't need any more of it trending. So when we when we speak to people, we have to understand that, hey, you have to understand that these things may not make you feel good. Some people may have even darker things that I have to share. I'm thinking about, you know, George Floyd's family is probably still hurting to this day because even with all the riots and the 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 protesting and stuff like that, George Floyd is still not here. That is someone that is missing from a family. I can only imagine their trauma. Waking up every day and not having George with them. And not just for that family, the countless other families has been affected by this. And last but not least, we have to be okay with being wrong. We have to be okay with being wrong. We have to actually, I think, we have to approach these conversations with the mindset, there's a good chance I may be wrong. Actually, I expect to be wrong. You should approach these conversations with, I expect to be wrong. I want to have this conversation because I know for a fact I'm wrong and I need to hear the truth. I need to hear what's right. I hope that helps. I hope that helps somebody. Yeah. I hope those, those practicals help somebody because I don't know about you, but Richmond, I mean, obviously the world, the country, we need unity in these times, but specifically Richmond, we need unity in these times. We don't need more disunity. And I feel like I see more disunity on the horizon. (laughs) I feel like we're descending more and more apart from each other. We need to, uh, we need to have these conversations, but I think that's just a tip of the iceberg. I feel like we should, I don't know. What do you guys think? We should, we should definitely talk about this more like the practicals of having conversations. What do you think? I think so. I think we can be uh, more have a have a more of a breakdown of what these mean. Um, right. As being practical, I think it it takes an effort, and then with you know being okay with being wrong, that's one thing. It's not saying that you know don't go out just saying whatever comes to mind, but Mm-hmm. You know, I know that you know there's possibly another truth or multiple truths can be the truth you know and mm-hmm. then if something happens you know give 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 your neighbor the benefit of the doubt right and that goes from can... both sides too you know mm-hmm. yeah absolutely you know it's not us against them it's 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 how do we become more you know in a righteous how do we become more fair how do we be more equitable mm-hmm. how do we help each other right how do we help each other um yeah i'm actually i'm not even i'm not trying to put too much too much on top but um i think we can pump the brakes on this episode and save the rest for a specific episode talking about trauma and how we can have conversations and what that looks like and deeper in a, in a different episode. Um, 
but on the horizon, um, I know that uh, I know you guys have been wondering where your your best friend Jay is, and he is around, and um, he he will be back to, for a hit pick episode. Um, so we figure that uh, since it's the spooky season, I don't know if we can get it out at, in time, but since it's the spooky season, we would love to do a breakdown of the new Candyman directed by Nia DaCosta. Um, such a great work, such a great work and deserves a thorough breakdown from, you know, your favorite crew. Uh, so Jay will be back at some point. I don't know if it'll be the next episode, but he'll be back soon. I'll talk to him y'all. Um, so, uh, if you have not connected with us in, in some type of way on social media, please make sure that you, uh, connect with us on Instagram at embrace underscore podcast or on our newly founded Reddit which is r backslash embrace underscore m o r. Uh, please make sure that you uh, get in touch with us. Make sure you hit up the Black History Museum of Virginia uh, on a great, beautiful, crisp November Saturday morning. I know it'll be good. I know it'll be bomb. Uh, so thanks for rocking with us. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Bye.